It's your Locked On Flyers podcast for Wednesday, October 12th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that is bringing you an in-depth look at our opening night opponent, the New Jersey Devils. Very in-depth. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Flyers podcast for Wednesday, October 12th. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with Russ Cohen, who's on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Flyers. That's where you'll find the latest on our episodes and Flyers news. You can also email the show at LockedOnFlyers at gmail. On today's show, we're going to get caught up on the latest with the opening day roster and then dive into our last preseason crossover from the Metro Division with Trey Matthews of Locked On Devils. Locked On Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you are listening. So subscribe. You'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Plus, we are over on YouTube. So subscribe there as well. Russ, we we have a roster, I think. Sort of. Um, uh, as we talked about yesterday, they had some paper moves uh, to deal with the cap and, and such. And I think. You know, the biggest surprise for us and the only thing that we maybe got wrong is that they decided to keep Ronnie Adderd and Agor Zamula and not just one of them on the roster for now. Now, obviously, that could change before Thursday, but uh, for now, they're still there. What do you make of that? I I make of it that there's some sort of salary balancing. Um, you have to have a certain before LTIR kicks in. You have to like go straight up to the cap before you can get any relief. And so maybe one of them represents that based on mm-hmm. what they're making. So I think one will go back and one will be in the press box like we thought. And it's just a matter of who. Uh, I would vote for Zamula to stay and Adder to go back uh, for now and Sealer to be in the press box. But that's not going to all happen. I know that. Yeah, I would hope that they would give each of Adderd and Zamula a game for the first two games of the season, put Sealer in the press box, and then kind of go from there. But uh, I don't know that that's going to happen. We'll, yeah. we'll get more clues as we have more practices leading up to Thursday night. Uh, the other question that we talked about yesterday is where Cam Atkinson will fit in to the lineup and who might have to come out for that to happen uh, if he is indeed ready, as they say he is. Right. I mean, we, I mean, are we, I guess we're going to know the morning of, we're really not going to know if he's ready, ready until he's doing in that morning skate saying thumbs up. I'm in there. Like, we are just not going to know. So many questions, but uh, I do appreciate uh, Torts is kind of doing the rounds and being very blunt about things. So I appreciate uh, I think his, he's frustrated. I think yeah. when he talk, talks like this, even though he's being calm and he's trying to do the right thing, he's also a little frustrated at this cap stuff. I am. I'm almost certain of it. Yeah, it really feels like he is. Uh, in terms of injury status, 
As of now, Couturier is on injured reserve. Ryan Ellis will be on long-term injured reserve as soon as the season starts. And then uh, Bobby Brink and Patrick Brown. And for now, Felix Sandstrom are on the injured non-roster list. So that is their current status, and that affects how much of a cap hit there is. And all of that will get sorted over the next couple of days. But uh, so all we know for certain is Sam Erson is the backup goalie. Like, we know that he won that battle. He did, uh, presuming that Felix Antrim would take that spot back if he were healthy. Right. All right. Well, the Flyers are facing the New Jersey Devils on opening night on Thursday. And uh, we decided to do our final Metro Locked On NHL crossover. Good timing. With... Yeah, really good timing with Trey Matthews of Locked On Devils to get everything you need to know about the Devils going into Thursday night's game. And here you go. Here's that conversation with Trey. All right. So we are finishing up our preseason series of check-ins with our Metro Division rivals. And we thought the very last one should be the team that we are facing opening night, and that is the New Jersey Devils. So we are thrilled to welcome from Locked On Devils, Trey Matthews. How's it going, Trey? Pretty good. I mean, uh, it's hard to believe that the season is just right around the corner, and um, I'm, I'm really excited. We are too. And I think, you know, the Devils are really working hard to move up the ranks in the Metro division. Uh, how did you feel about the Devils offseason? And what do you think the biggest impact move that they made was? Well, before we talk about the biggest impact, uh, I think you and I think both of you can relate to my pain of what happened with Johnny Goodrow. I know you're <laughs> Yours was more of a tight money situation. So, you know, with all due respect, you guys, the Flyers organization shot themselves in the foot because Johnny Goodrow yes. pretty much like <laughs> if it wasn't Philadelphia, I genuinely believe he would have went to New Jersey. But Columbus Blue Jackets, they were the mystery team that everyone was talking about. I thought it was the Seattle Kraken. That's what I was hearing. And then mm -hmm. when he made that announcement. It was um, it was hard. It was definitely very hard because. You know, the New Jersey Devils, we were in the running for uh, we were in the running for Alex DeBrinket. We were in the running for Kevin Fiala. Matthew Kachuk could have been a genuine possibility during uh, draft day because I think there was a deal in the works uh, on the night of the draft um, that involved the second overall pick. I don't know how true or not those rumors were, but, you know, that's that's basically what I heard. And then. Obviously, with Johnny Goodrow, that was just uh, that was just like you know a punch in the in, a punch in the gut. But the Devils rebounded pretty nicely, so we got our second option, which which was Andre Pilat. Yes, we overpaid him a little bit, but you kind of have to because Andre right. Pilat knew he knew that you know look, it's either me or you're going to strike out with another big name player. So either give me what I want or you know we'll walk somewhere else. And then your Plan B is always better than Plan X, Y, and Z. So mm -hmm. getting Andre Pilat uh, will definitely help the New Jersey Devils because they need more veteran help. And then we got VTech Vancheck to help out with Mackenzie Blackwood. Um, then on the defensive side of things, we got John Marino from the Pittsburgh Penguins. Gave up on Ty Smith pretty early, but I felt like it was a necessary move. And then got Brendan Smith. And overall, the Devils have had a pretty solid offseason. 
Yeah, it's interesting. I, when I was covering the cup, I wrote about Andre Pilat and how he was going free agent, and I got barraged with he's not leaving. He's not. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's leaving, and and so that was interesting. I thought that was a good signing by the Devils. The um, the first thing I want to ask you about is um, your feeling on on Simon Nimich because um, Lindy's not the greatest with young players, especially young defensemen, and he uh, put a put out the word like a week or so ago that, you know, Nemec wasn't doing super fantastic, but there were things to work on and he doesn't want to, you know, mess up a, a kid's development. And so like when I saw that, it, it made me wonder uh, where is he going to play this year? So where do you think he's going to play this year? Okay. So uh, first of all, first and foremost, uh, I've, I've mispronounced his name too. It's uh Shimon Nemetz. Like Shimon. Now it's Shimon that. Nemetz. It wasn't even at that at the draft. That's interesting. I know. I know. That's why every devil's personality, including myself, were saying Simon Nemish because that's how it was announced at the draft. Correct. But in a video with the devil's media, he said it's Shimon Nemetz. Okay. Like, Got it. Good to um, know. So yeah, I mean, it's hockey. Everyone, everyone has a confusing name. So uh, yeah. So Shimon Nemetz, um, we drafted what we needed, which was we needed another defenseman to, to develop alongside with Luke Hughes. And personally, I made the prediction saying that maybe it's best if he starts out in Utica, but the Devils just, you know, announced their uh, roster just shortly before we started recording. And he made the team, but the thing is, he's not going to appear in many games. It's just right. more of like it's now or never for Shimon the Mets, because if he starts out in Utica, hypothetically, he would have stayed there. So it's it's just mainly to get his feet wet. So they're gonna give him a few games and then yeah, give him down. a few games, see how he adjusts to it. But right. the plan is to you know have him play in mostly Utica. Wait till next season when Luke Hughes joins the board, so that way you have a right-handed defenseman and you have a left-handed defenseman that you can work with. Shimon the Mets, I expect him to be the anchor on the defensive side of things, and then Luke Hughes is going to be the offensive weapon for the defense on that hypothetical line pairing. Cause that's what people are saying that it's going to be. But yeah, well, the thing with Shimon, the Mets is that um, he actually improved on his uh, offense during the course of uh, the playoffs overseas. So, you know, he was actually, you know, that, that was one of the things I talked about when he was drafted, which was it'd be nice if he just generates a little bit more offense, but he, he showed that during the course of the playoffs and he can only go up from there. He's an athlete. Like he is, he like, honestly, I didn't think he would, hypothetically be in the running to, you know, make the opening night roster. But lo and behold, you know, he, he did well during the prospects tournament. I think that's what really put him on the map again, because prior to the prospects tournament, I don't think anyone was really projecting for him to make, you know, the opening night roster. Cause you got Dougie Hamilton, you got Ryan Graves, you got uh, Jonas Siegenthaler, who was arguably our best defenseman last year, Damon Severson, obviously he picked up Brendan Smith and John Marino. So pretty much the 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 six defensemen are selected, and you can take an extra. And but since you know Nico Heischer is on the injury list along with Tyce Thompson, and then Jonathan Bernier is on the long term injury list, it, it, I guess it was, um, I you know it was just the right opportunity to bring him onto the NHL roster, get him a few games, and then you know see where we go from there. But Shimon the Mets, I'm expecting big things from him. Not this year, but next year. And I, I expect for him to light it up in Utica. One thing I could add before Rach goes is that um, Luke Hughes is going to turn pro the minute Michigan season ends. So you might still see them together towards the end of the NHL season. It's a possibility. Hmm. It is possible. And, you know, I'm, I admire Luke Hughes for taking his time because theoretically what he was doing during the course of the summer at the uh, 
at the World Juniors, I he could have honestly just said, you know what, I'm going. I don't know the process for this, but he could have just said, you know what, I'm not going to go to University of Michigan. I'm going to go. I'm going to go to uh, New Jersey, report there, try to make the team out of training camp, whatever the case might be. But you know, I admire the fact that he wants to do one more he could year. Could have done at, that for sure. Yeah, yeah, do one more year at U of M, develop there. Um, he's obviously going to be one of the focal points. He's a, he's one of their captains. So uh, Luke Hughes is definitely. Um, Definitely going to be something special. And just the tandem of Jack Hughes at Ford and then Luke Hughes on the defensive side of things, I'm really excited. And if we get Quinn Hughes at some point, just, <laughs> I, I, know it's not, I know the chances are very slim, but if we get all three Hughes brothers, I think everyone's going to be buying a ticket to The Rock to see that, to see that kind of thing. All right, we'll have more with Trey coming up next. But first, we're going to hear about Simply Safe. The numbers don't lie. In the last decade, over 4 million people have chosen Simply Safe home security to protect their home. You don't earn the trust of that many people without doing something right. At Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters, and that's why I use Simply Safe in my own home. They protect you with the latest security and security technology powered by 24/7 professional monitoring agents who will always have your back. Simply Safe, their advanced technology is what I love the most. I can control the system from my phone with the app and even watch an HD live stream from the security cameras or monitor the wide variety of high-tech sensors in every room. There are even hazard sensors that instantly detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. Customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL. Save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free. Visit simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL to learn more. There's no safe like Simply Safe. I'm curious what you think about Jesper Bratt going into this season. Of course, he had a really monster season last year for himself. Uh, do you think he can match or even top last year's numbers? Oh, yeah. Jesper Bratt was one of the more underrated players in the entire NHL. And um, I think my buddy, the Brad Pack, I don't know if you've seen his Twitter account. It's basically he's like Jesper Brad's biggest fan. And, and you know, he's he's like a big personality on Twitter. He says Jesper Brad is the best NHL player uh, or no, no, it's uh, Jesper Brad is the best player in the NHL. So, you know, obviously it's a little bit of a joke. I don't know about that. But in, no. all ser- in all seriousness, Jesper Brad is one of the more underrated players in the NHL and I think he can definitely get to Jack Hughes and Nico Heischer's level of all-star status this year because he tied with Jack Hughes for most goals on the team. He led the Devils in assists and points. And I was talking to J.D. Hernandez of Locked On Ducks about this recently. You could have made the argument that maybe if you were selecting MVP or of the team in that nature, you know, you could select Jesper Brad. And I think a lot of people did. Personally, I, I would have went with Jack Hughes just because without him, the engine doesn't run. But Jesper Bratt is putting up pretty decent numbers with the New Jersey Devils, and yet no one outside the Metro was really talking about it. So I think this is the time for Jesper Bratt to take his game just a couple steps higher. And I made a controversial episode. I said, you know, despite him having a very good year, I think this is going to be, once he's named an all-star, once he gets that recognition, that's it. That's what I'm going to consider his breakout year. Because I, like I just said moments ago, I want him to reach the status of Jack Hughes and Nico Heischer in terms of all-star status, because I call those three our baby big three. And 
I know we had some troubles extending him during the course of the offseason, signed a one-year uh, extension, but uh, he said that he left the, the negotiating to his agent, but he is fully committed to New Jersey, not trying to get, uh, you know, my hopes up for right now, just trying to, you know, I'll wait until that, until we cross that bridge because a lot can happen in a year span. But, um, you know, uh, he, he said during the course of the summer, he said recently that he wants to stay with New Jersey long-term. And I think the New Jersey Devils found a diamond in the rough with Mr. Jesper Bratt. And I expect for him to just go full force uh, um, and just, you know, get his name out there a little bit more. And he's going to, he's going to have a big year this year. I, I think he's going to top it. So, um, Dawson Mercer kind of got thrown into the mix last year, did really well. Um, he was a good scorer in, in juniors. I had him pretty highly ranked. This year will be an interesting one because there'll be a lot more expected. He definitely could, could score more goals, but there'll be more pressure. Uh, I think there's going to be more pressure on the Devils team in general because it's kind of like f- the feeling is out there. It's like you guys need to make the playoffs soon because – you know, this Metro division, you might have an opportunity this year and you've and you've made all these moves. So I'm kind of wondering how you feel he's going to do this year with added pressure. Yeah, added pressure. And he might not be paired alongside with Jack Hughes come opening night, because the thing is, we call this the H2O line and it's Andre Palat, Alexander Holtz and Jack Hughes. So and they actually did really well during the inner squad. And it seems like this is a good opportunity for. Alexander Holtz to actually, you know, do what he was able to do in Utica last year and maybe, you know, put up some good numbers because the thing with that line combination, and I'll talk about Dawson Mercer momentarily, is that Andre Pilat, you get the person who's been around the block before, someone who could potentially have a career year because he's going to be more of a focal point. Can't you guys vouch for the fact that if you look at the Tampa Bay Lightning's uh, championship runs, uh, who was one of the more underrated players? Andre Pilat, mm-hmm. and who's the lead, who's the leader for the Devils now? It's Andre Pilat now. You know, no disrespect to our captain Nico Heischer, but you know he's a he's a grizzled veteran. And now Jack Hughes, franchise player, and now Alexander Holtz, going to be given a bigger opportunity to try to score a little bit more, play make yep. a little bit more. Yeah, he's so, a he's a he's a sniper. He is right. And so when Lindy Ruff saw that during practice and in training camp. It, it really puts players like Yegor Sharangovich and Dawson Mercer's production into question just because it's like they're not going to be paired with Jack Hughes. So, you know, the going into uh, last year, the question I have was like, if Jack Hughes is theoretically not there, which he wasn't when he got hurt second game of the year, uh, can Yegor Sharangovich and at the time, Yanni Kwokinen be able to repeat that same production that they were able to do towards the end of the previous season back during the, 56 game uh, 2021 season. And the answer was no. They both struggled mightily when Jack Hughes went down with his shoulder injury and got to a point where both of them were healthy scratches. So for Dawson Mercer, the one thing I can't question is that that guy is a work horse. He played oh, yeah. in all games for New Jersey Devils, the only player to do so. Somehow he avoided early on in the year the COVID procedures. He never got hurt, which was a big issue for the Devils, but I just say if Dawson Mercer can avoid the sophomore year slump, you know, which a lot of young guys tend to hit, I think he'll be just fine. Uh, you know, he showed me actually glimpses of, you know, being able to hold down the fort just fine during the course of preseason. Same with Yegor Sharangovich. So 
I get that's preseason. I don't want to overreact to anything, but you know, uh, like you said, Dawson Mercer, I, while he's not going to be with someone like uh, Jack Hughes, I think he could still definitely put up some solid production for a New Jersey Devils. And same with Diego Sharon Govich, who could also have a breakout year, third, third year in the league. So what do you think was like the final straw that made them give up on Pavel Zaka? And uh, what do you think about the return in Eric Halla and, and how is he going to fit into the lineup? We could go back to his draft when he was drafted with what Connor McDavid, Mitchell Marner, um, all those guys, uh, Jack Eichel, yeah. Yeah. Um, Noah Hannafin. All, all, we could go back to that draft class in which we see all those players, you know, putting up some big numbers. Jack Eichel, not so much, but you know, uh, that's a different discussion. Um, well, and Ivan Provorov was taken right after him. So, and we, yeah, we could look at that draft class and then it's just like, where's Pavel Zaka been? It's just, the thing is, is this that I, I think, and I've talked to some Devils uh, news reporters. I talked to uh, someone who's appeared on my show before. Her name is Christy Flannery. She covers the Devils for the uh, hockey writers. You know, she and I both agreed, which was Pavel Zaka just seemed to hit, hit a wall. He was, you know, uninspired. It just didn't seem like we were going to get more potential out of him. After the 2021 season in which he was able to put up you know, uh, 30-something points for the Devils. He was tied on the team for most points that year. But unfortunately, there were like 90 or so players ahead of him in that department in the entire NHL. So, yes, he was decent for Devils standards, but not NHL, you know, big number standards, if that makes sense. But um, the final straw was just like during the course of last year, it's just like he's just not inspired. It's just it doesn't it just doesn't look like he's going to get anything out of because uh, of this organization, just because it seemed like he took a couple steps back. So at that point, it's just like, we need to get rid of him while we still can. And now with Eric Holla, we're at the fresh air, similar to Andre Pilat, a veteran who can, who's been around the block before he's been in the league for a while. Uh, he was actually showing, you know, very good flashes during the course of preseason alongside with miles Wood, the speed, the determination. And I think we could get that out of Eric Holla. Now it's funny, Mark Recchi, uh, who was recently, um, fired by the New Jersey Devils during the course of the offseason. He said that um, Pavel Zaka is better than Eric Halla. Now, here's the thing. Pavel Zaka has potential to be better than Eric Halla. So if, if Pavel Zaka has like a career year with the Boston Bruins, yeah, I'll be bitter about it. But at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised just because it's just like, you know, maybe a change of scenery is what he really needed. So mm -hmm. Pavel Zaka, I I, I'll, be, I'll be 100% realistic with myself. Pavel Zaka could potentially still be better than Eric Hala. Potential to do so. But at this current state, if we're comparing the stats, if we're comparing the impact, Eric Hala wins that debate 100% for right now. So um, for what the Devils need right now temporarily, I like Eric Hala, and I've, I'm excited to see what he does. You know, like I said, Christy Flannery, she was big on Eric Hala uh, being traded over uh, during the course of the offseason. So, you know, Pavel Zaka is just like, you know, a great guy. Um you know, I wish him the best in Boston, but it was time for him to move on because for being honest, what we were going to, what were we going to get out of him? I don't think anything. All right. We're going to wrap up with Trey coming up next, talking predictions for the devils this upcoming season. And we'll be back to do that right after this. So we switched to the, uh, the problem that the devils have had the last few years in goaltending and, you know, it all started with 
when they got Corey Crawford and that didn't quite work out. And then last year it was the heel for, um, from uh, your current goalie. And so you, you kind of wonder um, with Blackwood with the heel is, is that fully healed? Is he no pun intended? Is he really going to be the number one? Vanacek's always been a number two. And so now I kind of wonder uh, this is a big year for Blackwood. Cause I know he annoyed the organization last year with uh, not getting inoculated, not really coming through kind of putting them in a tough spot. They were worried about travel because of Canada, all that stuff. It was a, it was a focal point. Now this year they don't have that, but what's the goaltending really going to look like? Okay, so for Mackenzie Blackwood, yes, you're right. There were some um, there were some problems because he he didn't want to get. Uh, I, I'm not sure if he didn't want to get vaccinated or boosted because uh, the the problem was is like he dealt with COVID during the course of the 2021 season. He said he didn't want it back in his body again. He was he was scared and. You know, I don't know what convinced him to get it, but he ultimately did. And, you know, that I think did... it was his mom because his mom's a nurse. Really? Yeah. Oh, OK, so there we go. So he 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 finally did get it. And that did, you know, uh, hurt some bridges a little bit. But, you know, during the course of the season, uh, the, the Devils have failed them. Like in my eyes, the Devils organization should be the ones to be blamed for Mackenzie Blackwood because they're doing the same thing to him as they did with Corey Schneider which is you're relying on him too much. He's prone to injury. You don't have him a suitable backup. So you, he basically has to play Superman and try to play every single game. At one point he was playing nine or so straight games. And I'm just like, give this man a break. I don't care if we win. If he goes down, our season is done kind of thing. It was already done, but you know, we'll be, we'll be well done, like, well, well done kind of thing. <laughs> so, um, you know, when Mackenzie Blackwood, it's just like there was a falling out. At one point, he did switch agents during the middle of the year, which is never a good sign. That usually means like, you know, something big might be originating. But luckily, those discussions have died out a little bit. I think the Devils, um, you know, have a plan with them. They got VTech Vancheck during the draft. And I said that VTech Vancheck was a legitimate option for the Devils to pick up during the course of the offseason. I said it could be him it could be Darcy Kemper uh Braden Holpe if I had to pick the you know more realistic outcome I said Vitek Vanacek and it came true so um you know Vitek Vanacek he's a solid player doesn't do well during the course of the playoffs but we're not at that stage yet uh both of them have really done well during the course of preseason so I try not to overreact to preseason but you don't want to I guess underreact either so you don't want to overstate, but you don't want to understate either. So um, both of them actually played pretty well in between the pipes for the Devils. And I think the goaltending has definitely gotten better. And another thing you need to consider is that Jonathan Bernier, he's not going to hang up the skates. Um, he is projected, according to a Devils insider, that he is going to come back at around Thanksgiving time. American Thanksgiving. I know today is yeah. Thanksgiving. I'm going to just say I remain skeptical on that. Yeah, one I'll believe of, that when I say it. Because yeah, of the injury. I, I, know, I know. Okay, okay. You'll believe it when you see it. But here's the thing he was participating in uh, Devil's inner squad scrimmages. So, sure, but, you know, playing, you know, two, three games in a row or playing I, three times I, a week. I know there's, there's, there's a Boston Bruins goalie story. I, I, I get it. I talked about it on my show. I, I get the story of the Boston Bruins uh, situation with, uh, with Rask, but at the same yeah. time, it's just like, you know, yes, I'll believe it when I see it. Uh, I would love to have him back. I'm really hoping this does work. But the thing is, Jonathan Bernier, he'll be, he'll be a third string goalie. He won't play every game. Right. Like, 
he'll play like once every 10 or so games, you know, if, if we're being realistic here. And, you know, hopefully by then Blackwood and Vanacek have a real chemistry together, but we need Jonathan Bernier back actually, because he provides that experience. He can act as a mentor. He's pretty solid. He's won a Stanley cup championship who he got it against is irrelevant, but still, um, you know, <laughs> cup is a cup. Yeah. Cup is a cup. So, you know, ultimately the goaltending has gotten better. I think the, you know, uh, amends have been made between Blackwood and the organization because yes, Blackwood does need to play better, but the devil's organization has not put him into a situation to, you know, be himself or, you know, actually be given a chance to succeed. So it, it goes, it works on both ends in my eyes. And then Vitek Vanacek, while not the most experienced goalie, he did pretty solid on a playoff caliber team like the uh, Washington Capitals. I don't know, man. Uh, every time I think the Devils have it together, goaltending wise, something happens. So uh, I, I honestly, I love goaltenders. So I, I wish nothing but good health on them because it's a difficult position and I get it. But I want to switch to uh, kind of where the Devils sit overall right now. And uh, I think there's been a couple of outliers that I've seen, but for the most part, people seem to be predicting that the devils will not make the playoffs that will maybe end up in the like fifth or sixth position in the division. Uh, what's your take on that? It's an interesting thing to be in because I think I saw a chart by Jay fresh saying that the devils could get 90 or so points, but they're still going to miss the playoffs. You know, quite honestly, if they do get 90 points, that's actually a pretty good improvement and that's just bad luck. But um yeah, I, I would say, look, I like Jay Fresh. I work with him at another location, another company. It's tough if you get 90 points and you say they're not going to make it. I tend to think that that's really hard to do. Yeah, so like I'm not trying, like I said, I'm not trying to base it off of one source. I was just giving an example. No, 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 I know. I, and I'm saying I'm with you. I, I think while I think they're a bubble team for the playoffs, I think, hey, if you think they're going to get 90, chances are they're probably going to get 92 and make it if they're that close they're going to be that good. I mean, that's, you know. Yeah, the situation is simply this. It, like, you know, my two locks to make the playoffs are the Carolina Hurricanes. Obviously, I expect for them to make the playoffs and actually have a legitimate deep playoff run. Mm -hmm. And then the uh, New York Rangers. But, you know, Shesterskin, it, it depends on, like, if he's able to repeat what he did last year. Even if he only retains, like, 75% of it, that's still going to be good enough for the Rangers to – make the playoffs. So I think the the Hurricanes and then the Rangers are my two locks. And then, mm -hmm. you know, I think J.D. Young of Locked on Sharks said, like, when he was doing his mock um, standings, he said he was struggling between, you know, uh, third and second to last in the Metro because it's like, what's going to happen to the Penguins? What's going to happen to the uh, Islanders? What's going to happen to the Capitals? Because they are one of the oldest teams in the NHL. So they cannot keep this up forever. Like, you know, I admire the the Penguins for keeping uh, Malkin, Latang, and Crosby together, but you but you know you have and they've won three cups, I believe, together. That's great and all, but you're you're doing a slow death march because you know you're, you're getting older. Islanders didn't have a successful offseason. Capitals, you know, Ovechkin. I tried never to doubt the one of the greatest to ever play, but you know, Father Time is undefeated for a reason. So you got three of the oldest teams in the NHL. You got you guys with, with – I mean this respectfully, but I'm not really, you know <laughs> – No, 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 no. They, I'm not concerned about the Flyers We cannot be, be insulted by anything. Yeah, it's impossible I mean, to insult us. 
I yes, I mean this respectfully. Flyers, I'm not even thinking about that. But they're not an um, issue. So it, it's just like what could it, it really depends on like what happens with the older teams, like who's going to take a few steps backwards. That's my thing. So I think the Devils can certainly get a wild card, but it you know the Metro is just so interesting because you know. Like I said, we got the Rangers and the Hurricanes. Okay, those are my two locks. But it's just like what happens between third and second to last because I pro- I project you guys are going to finish, you know, last in Metro. Yeah, so. I mean, I, I could give you the the argument is that if Boston doesn't make it and all of a sudden the Atlantic isn't as strong, like even Florida loses more games so they don't have 122 points, they get like 110 or less, then all of a sudden maybe the Metro does get more points. And if, let's say, Washington and the Islanders don't make it, but Columbus, Pittsburgh, Ranger, you know, you could have five, and maybe the Devils do get in as that extra wild card. Um, That may be the way. I mean, if they did that, that might be the way with 92 points if everybody's points go down a bit. and not Because even the Rangers at 110, I'm not sure they're hitting that this year. Yeah, and the thing about the Columbus Blue Jackets, I can't believe I forgot to mention them. They're one of the – yes, they got Johnny Goodrow. We talked about this, but they're the, still the youngest team in the NHL. Mm-hmm. So Johnny Goodrow, I expect for him to do really well. But – and I expect the Columbus Blue Jackets to get off to a decent start. But come January or February, when midseason hits, they are going to hit a wall and they're going to crash and burn. And I'm not being salty. I'm speaking of based off of experience of, of the Devils being one of the younger teams in the NHL the past few years. Like, you know – you off to a good start, but then, you know, once that wall hits for your young guys, crash and burn. So I think the Devils will finish uh, with a better record than the Flyers and the Blue Jackets. Mm-hmm. Well, and Blue now, Jackets will be tough, but it could happen. It, it'll be tough. It, and like I said, they got Johnny Goodrow. That's great and all, but they're still the youngest team in the NHL. So, you know, it's, it, it's just like um, – Islanders, um, Islanders, Capitals, and Penguins are it's just an it's just an interesting toss up because they're one of the older teams in the NHL. They're not what they once used to be, but still, mm-hmm. you don't want to underestimate people who have been at this for a good while. But Father Time in sports is undefeated for a reason. Yeah, I love some of those predictions. I want to check back in with you mid season to see where your predictions are so far. Uh, Trey, this has been amazing. Such a great source of information on the Devils this year, our first opponent for the Flyers. Uh, where can people find you out there? They can find me at Trey Matt 4, T R E Y M A T T, and the number four, and the show's Twitter page at Locked On Devils. And you can find Locked On Devils wherever you get your podcasts from and also on YouTube. All right. Once again, thanks to Trey Matthews of Locked on Devils. Always a good conversation with Trey. He is super knowledgeable about that team. And uh, I think he he sees the glass half full with the mm-hmm. Devils all the time. And I, I was inspired by that. And so we're going to do a glass half full episode tomorrow leading up to opening night. We're going to okay. say a few things each that we are really excited about uh, or think are promising going into the season on the eve of opening night. Uh, We'll wrap things up today. Our Flyers fun thing. It appears the fueled by Philly hashtag is now live on Twitter with the little Flyers 
logo. We knew that was coming, but uh, now we see it officially in the socials. So that's always fun to see uh, what they're going to come up with and, and make us type in all of our tweets. But you know, season. you know that if they're not doing well, it, there's going to be hashtags with like out of gas. And there's, there's always that possibility. The problem with the Flyers one has been it's long. I, I think it would be better if it was shorter because it yeah. takes up characters but uh, that's my only complaint i think whatever they want to do is fine otherwise all right we always want to hear from you for our mailbag segments which we will also have on tomorrow's show so send us in your questions via twitter at lockdown flyers or you can email us at lockdownflyers at gmail.com i'm rachel i'm on twitter at r miriam that's r m i r i a m I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. You made us your first listen today. Now make your second listen, Locked on Fantasy Hockey. Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone bring you the fantasy edge and keep you ahead of the competition with daily updates of news, analysis, and advice Monday through Friday. It's available on YouTube, Odyssey, wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great day, everyone.